Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. I'm Matt. And joining us today is our friend Sean. Hi, Hello. Sean. Thanks for having me again, guys. Thanks for joining us. This is another episode in our 12 Days of Christmas, where for the 12 days leading up, for, leading up to Christmas, we talk about a film that's in the holiday genre or somehow loosely connected to the holidays. Um, today's movie is The Night Before. Yeah, so this came out in 2015. Uh, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, and Anthony Mackie as three longtime friends who, um, because of a tragedy earlier in one of their lives, they vow to spend every uh, Christmas Eve together. And except, uh, for various reasons, uh, they decide maybe this is going to be the last Christmas Eve they spend together. Uh, they live in New York City. Um, Anthony Mackie has become a, a, a famous football player. Seth Rogen is married and has a baby imminently due. And Justin Gordon-Levitt doesn't really have a direction in life. He's just kind of bopping around. Um, so, yeah, this movie takes place over the course of, I guess, Christmas Eve night, where a lot of uh, hijinks ensue. Uh, what would you think of this, Sean? Uh, well, it's funny because whenever we decided to do this movie, I vaguely remembered seeing it. And I know that I'd seen it, you know, before, but I, I literally couldn't remember many details, including who was even in the movie. Um, so then when I looked it up, I, I remembered kind of why I guess I'd forgotten about it. It's <laughs> mainly because I'm not a huge fan of anyone in this movie as far as like the stars go. Like I'm not a big Seth Rogen guy. I, I really kind of loathe um, that jo- Joseph is it Gordon Levitt? Yeah, I, I'm just not a fan of his either. Um, Anthony Mackie, I can kind of take or leave, but. Yeah, my initial impression was like, oh, geez, I'm going to have to slog through this movie. But um, honestly, it it wasn't as bad as I remember. And I think mainly um, be, because of a couple of reasons. One, um, I feel like uh, any any movie that's about like running around New York, especially during Christmas time and kind of like getting into different uh, scenarios at different spots in the city is kind of a gimme. I feel like New York's a pretty good like little co-star in any movie. Like it's a good setting. So. Um, I always enjoy movies like that. And then also I, th- I feel like this movie has um, enough like cameos and guest appearances of people that I really do like that. Like it kind of like made it, I wouldn't say fun, but like it was definitely a, a more bearable watch for me. So every five minutes when there'd be a cameo, I'd be entertained. Didn't care <laughs> about any really of the main characters at all, which is usually, <laughs> usually going to be a drawback, but like I literally it's like, Take or leave them. Didn't care about what was going on in their lives. Thought it was pretty like hokey setup. Um, but yeah, I mean, the initial impressions were it, it wasn't a fun watch, but I actually like. I thought, yeah, you know, all right, you know, okay. It was New York during Christmas with a lot of people in it that I do enjoy. So um, those are my initial thoughts. What about you? Yeah. So Matt tells me that we saw this movie when it came out. <laughs> I have, like you, I have no memory of it. And I kept thinking that as we watched the movie, I would be reminded of, of scenes. But no, it was like watching it for the first time. So I think I can safely, slay, safely say that this movie is rather forgettable, at least for me. Ouch. <laughs> um, Literally. I don't know. It's that, it's that mix of raunchiness. And this movie is really raunchy. Um, and sweetness that you come to expect from these Seth Rogen mm-hmm. comedies. That's a good point. Um, I don't know. It seemed to fall into that same kind of formula template that that you expect. So it kind of lacks some originality there. I, I like you. I liked the New York setting and mm-hmm. the the Christmassy elements. 
And there, there are some genuinely funny moments. There's some kind of slapstick humor that I kind of laughed at. Um, it's intermittently funny, but I don't know. To me, it's just okay. But I think, Matt, you laughed out loud several times. <laughs> that is unusual for me, but um, I mean, I, I, I will see movies that are funny and I, I will find them humorous, but I will just usually sit there with a smile on my face. I mean, there were several points in this movie where I, I, I literally laughed out loud, and that's unusual, and I got to give it some kudos for that. Um, that said, it's interesting. I remember, you know, I know Ashley doesn't remember, but I remember seeing this, you know, <laughs> at the theater, and it came, it came out, and liking it quite a bit when it was over. And this time I was like, oh, it's, it's fine. Um we can talk a little bit more about that, but uh, Anthony Mackie, I have no real opinion of one way or the other. I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, <laughs> um, and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, I used to find funny. Like, when he kind of first came onto the scene, I, I sort of thought he was amusing. But I feel like Seth Rogen just basically does the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, you're doing your shtick. Yeah. And your movie's doing its shtick. And so maybe that's the one reason why I sort of was just sort of middling on this. But, um, no, I like, I I like a movie that takes place at night in an urban environment. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's some rare exceptions, but, uh, I don't know. Seeing like a group of people like kind of running around the city at nighttime. I mean, I like, you know, before we started recording, we're talking about Midnight Madness. Oh, classic. Yeah. Love and Madness. Um, Collateral, that's not a comedy, but it's another movie set at nighttime where people are traversing, mm-hmm. you know, an urban environment. And I don't know, nighttime movies, I like those. Um, so this kind of wins points for that. And I, I also like the, the kind of cameos we get one from like Michael Shannon, yeah. um, Mindy Kaling, Tracy Morgan, mm-hmm. um, and some others. Uh, so yeah, I, I like this. I will say, though, that one of the... By the time the movie is wrapping up, you realize that it's sort of a... I don't know what you'd call it, but it's, it's a tale where like people kind of learn the true meaning of friendship and yeah. learn this and stuff, and or supposedly, anyway. And then and that's, a, that's a big deal. And I remember thinking, like... I feel like things just kind of happened. Yeah. I, I don't know... I don't know if they really got... Got it, you know, mm-hmm. and but but boy, we are told that they did. Yeah, so I'm like, sure. Well, I feel like that's a really good point. It's one that I thought too. Is like things are in this movie only to kind of progress characters quickly along to like you said, like a Christmas redemption of types. But like <laughs> Anthony Mackie's subplot of being on steroids was odd. It was like you kind of saw it for a second, then it was like sort of mentioned a couple of times, and then then it seemed to be kind of resolved at the end and. Seth Rogen, you know, has the pregnancy coming and like that comes to a conclusion and Joseph Gordon-Levitt like was, learns his lesson. <laughs> so I thought that was odd too, just the way that all that seemed to have to be, it basically had to be in the movie. They shoehorned it in basically because it was Christmas time and it has to be a Christmas carolish in that way. But yeah, I mean, you, I feel like you guys both brought up points that I wholeheartedly agree with. Ashley, I, I like how you said it's intermittently amusing because that's <laughs> pretty much a two-word um, review that I, I, I would 100% agree with. I could put that down on a, you know, <laughs> just that's my review too. It was intermittently amusing and um, <laughs> intermittently amusing. And and like you said, Matt, like movies that are set in New York or any urban setting <clears throat> at night are, are really kind of 
um, they're, they're right up my alley. Like I mentioned after hours, which is to even like talk about after hours in this movie in the, in the same breath is <laughs> sort of offensive to Martin Scorsese, but after hours was a really good example of this. I also like what you said about Seth Rogen, because I did used to like Seth Rogen at one point, but now it's, it's not that I don't like, it's just, he's just, it's grating to me anymore. I, I liked a lot of his older, older movies, you know, that he was in, but I just, you know, if Seth Rogen's in something now to me, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a detractor instead of like a positive, but like you said, um, I mean, Nate, I'm a big fan of Nathan Fielder. I don't know. You, he's the limo driver. I, I don't know if you guys like him. But I like him a lot. He popped up. Yeah. Michael Shannon is great. So anything he's in, even though he's in pretty pretty much wasted in this. Well, I wouldn't say wasted. He's great in it. Um, I like Jillian Bell a oh, lot, yes. who plays uh, Seth Rogen's wife. She's great. So, <laughs> you know, every 10 minutes, somebody popped up where I'd perk up. Oh, I really like that person. And then uh, it would get back to the main plot, and I'd kind of like, not check out, but I'd be a little more glum. Like, all right. Could, <laughs> but yeah, um, intermittently amusing is a great, <laughs> great review. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel like the supporting actors are more interesting than our main actors, which, I mean, that's faint praise, I guess. But I, I was going to mention Julian Bell. I love her. Whenever she shows up in a scene in any movie, I... I smile. And yeah. She, uh, she just always brings it. She's, she does. She has a She's unique great. kind of humor and I just really, I really respond to her. Um, so yeah, she was a highlight and Michael Shannon is always good. Um, I don't know how I feel about Nathan Fielder. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I think he's funny, but he, and he was fine in this movie. It, well, one of the funniest scenes involves him, I think, but um, I did not know who he was when I saw this movie eight years ago. It was eight years ago when this movie came out. But um, I learned who he was last year, and I, I the think he's hilarious. Oh, yeah, I love, I love. Yeah. Na- you watch Nathan for you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, not, to, not to go on a tangent, but the uh, layaway booth was great. <laughs> he's seldom minors, but on layaway. <laughs> genius. Um, you know... Uh, you, I think Ashley, you brought it up. It, it did. This movie got pretty raunchy at points, including like the the whole uh, dick pics thing. Got a little <laughs> wild, and then I'd forgotten about the payoff to that. Was here comes James Franco, and you're like, oh boy, like that yeah. hasn't aged as no. well as it could have, right? Like, that I, had, I mean, that was something I'd forgotten about. That mm-hmm. James Franco pops up, and that's like sort of the punchline to that yeah. whole texting thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. With, in the in the in the intervening eight years have not aged that joke very well. <laughs> no, and I think like Seth Rogen and him aren't even uh, pals anymore, are they? Or you know, I, don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, geez. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, there was a generous amounts of like uh, body humor in it, including uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to say her name right, but is it Alana Eliana Glazer? She was from. Um, she was from a Comedy Central show. I can't think of what it was called now. Was it Girl? She was great. She plays the girl that Anthony Mackie has the tryst with in the bathroom. And then he oh, kind of like yeah. chases her around. But Broad City she was in, which is fantastic. I, I like her a lot. So she was good. You know, it's weird. Like, But I like that whole sequence where he's chasing her, trying to get back his uh, the, the stuff that she stole from him. I, I, I just... I, it's weird. I like a good urban chase scene, um, especially when it's played for laughs, like like this one was. Like, and I know this is a weird comparison, but I, I, I uh, there's an episode of Seinfeld where 
this cable guy is chasing Kramer across right. like and, right. and I, I love that stuff and yeah. and this sort of has a little bit of that it's 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 funny to me because you know Anthony Mackie is taking this so seriously and like he's you know he's chasing her up and down like you know uh, stair staircases on, on sides of buildings and rooftops and mm-hmm. everything and I'm like, it's, just, it's just absurd do you ever wonder like do you ever wonder like what characters in films do for a living when you see like um, Seth Rogen's place it was like it's so nice it's so nice <laughs> and you're like okay it's like downtown and it's super nice like what does this guy do for a living did they mention that what he does I don't think so because yeah. I was just like bowled away by the, his spot I'm like damn could have been what his wife does could have been what his wife does too yeah, yeah. but yeah either one of them was like gee whiz yeah it's nice I I was a little confused about. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt literally like this is like a job drifter, mm-hmm. and I don't know what where he's living or what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, well, I feel like they tried to kind of be like he was such a talented musician, and now he's not doing music. But like that was mentioned like five seconds of screen time or something. And mm-hmm. he, well, you know, he was a musician because he had long hair and a photo in the past. That's how you can tell. And Anthony Mackie, and they they do address this a little bit with the whole steroids up lot. But Anthony Mackie's character being like a they mentioned like a, a thirty four year old. Um, you know, football player, they're like, you know, dude, that's when my guys are retiring from football, and you're just all of a yeah. sudden Getting making it big. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, how how many professional football players do make it big, like in their 30s? Like, they, don't they usually come up earlier than that? Yes, yeah, thirty. That's very, very late. Yeah, it's not very plausible, no matter if you're on steroids or not. Yeah. Okay, so I have to ask this too, uh, and. I know there's a brief scene at the beginning of the movie that talks about this, but you know, when they, these three guys kind of really bonded over doing something on Christmas Eve was when Joseph Gordon Levitt's parents were killed in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And look, man, that is tragic. Mm-hmm. I'm not downplaying that at all. But they said that happened in 2001. This movie came out in 2015. So 14 years. We know, like, Actually, two of the characters said their ages in this movie. So Anthony Mackie, we know his character is 34. Mm-hmm. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he said he, he was 33. So 14 years earlier, they were 19 and 20. <laughs> but they treated like Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like 12 when, when his, his parents were killed. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, I... Am I, am I being cold-hearted about that? No, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. No, I... Yeah. They kind of... Yeah, and he—I thought it was where he was butt completely by himself, like cleaning out his parents' apartment, <laughs> and then, yeah, they show up at the door, and all of a sudden, there's kind of like a—it's kind of a phony scene where they all kind of like, "We're going to be with you for Christmas for the rest of our life." Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I thought that setup was a little, little clunky myself. I thought, but yeah, I know what you're saying. And yeah, I mean, his George Gordon Levitt's character, yes, was technically orphaned, but he was not like a child orphan. No, right. Was, you know. Well. You've seen 500 Days of Summer, I'm sure, haven't you? Many years ago, yes. See, that's the movie that really got my Joseph Gordon-Levitt hate going, and I've never let, let go of that <laughs> hate. I, that movie's so... Such a hipster movie. They like the Smiths a lot. They karaoke they karaoke in that, and they karaoke in this. Get him away from the karaoke scene. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool, though, like, you know, as we've discussed, they, when they, they'll bounce from, like, bar to club to church to... You know, so that, that I like that aspect of it is that they're hitting all these little Chinese, the Chinese food spot, you know, mm-hmm. and um, th- they go from spot to spot to spot in New York on Christmas Eve. So that's kind of that's like a win, a winning setup. I feel like 
you just, you know, that's entertaining. You're always going to find something's going to be funny. If you just move the characters from one situation to the next, you're going to find a cameo here or a scenario, a wacky scenario. I mean, we haven't even really talked because they, they go to the karaoke bar and they randomly, well, not randomly, but they run into George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's ex at the karaoke bar and they do FAO Schwartz kind of like, uh, they do like the big takeoff on the piano and they <laughs> go eat Chinese. They do all these things. Seth Rogen throws up at midnight mass, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I also think I also like kind of growing up with like one toe in Catholicism. I'm not a great Catholic, but it's funny to me. Like whenever, um, like non-Catholics come roll into mass and they're like looking around cause people, you know, you're standing and you're yeah. sitting and you're kneeling and it's always hilarious to me because the not, the, my non-Catholic friends are like, look at like, is it time to stand a bit? And like, they did a funny thing where, you know, he's standing there with the the sweater on and looking around at people. Like st- he's standing, everyone else is sitting. He eventually throws up. But yeah, I thought I always thought that's like funny. <laughs> Ashley, any further thoughts? No, uh, well, other than I read later that this a lot of this movie was improvised, and I don't know if that's referring to the the plot where you, where you just said things just seem to happen, mm-hmm. or the dialogue. I, I would I would believe either one. <laughs> yeah. um, they both kind of it it does feel like it was kind of just made up as it went along. Yeah, for for better or worse. Well, and to be clear about that, things just happen. I mean, what I what I guess I was getting at maybe inartfully, but when this movie is wrapping up. It is very much, you know, like like Sean used a great term, a Christmas redemption story for all these three main characters. And I was just sitting there like, that was just to me one of the things that was just kind of happening. Like, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, oh, have they had this arc? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I right. guess we're just rolling with that. Right. <laughs> well, I even thought like the whole Nutcracker Ball thing was unnecessary. Like, you know, because that was like the little subplot is this like mysteriously awesome Christmas party happens in New York and you have to be invited to it or have a ticket to get to it. But like in the end, it was like, it was basically just a set piece to show off basically Miley Cyrus. Right. I mean, it was like, they didn't even really need to have that. in it could have, you could have substituted anything for that and it would have worked just the same, you know, the whole pursuit of the nutcracker ball I thought was, you know, whatever it's, you know, and this is just betraying the fact that I'm getting older, I think, but you know, I like the idea of of friends and friends appreciating each other and and whatnot and getting together on Christmas Eve. Yeah. But my favorite part of this, like the part I like, thought I would want if I was going to do any of this movie in real life, the one I would do the most is when they go to back to Anthony Mackie's like yeah. mom's house mm-hmm. and they like <laughs> go in and they like just play was it Nintendo or something? Yeah. Um, and and. Just are hanging out like just the three of them, yep. and then his mom wakes up and like makes you know warms up some some food and and they eat that. I'm like that to me like I would that would be a, just a great night together with friends in, inside playing video games and just enjoying each other's company. Yeah, not like going all out on this you know <laughs> um, this sojourn across the city. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, even though I like watching it as a film. Yeah, personally, it's not my thing. Yeah, and I thought I kind of had this similar thoughts. Like when they ended up at the Nutcracker Ball, I'm like, yeah, it's a loud club, right? It was basically what <laughs> it was just like a crowded club, and Miley Cyrus was there. It didn't, I don't know. I was definitely like, yeah, I wouldn't really want to go to the Nutcracker Ball, but it's just my thoughts as an older man, too. 
I wonder if they made this movie now. Do you think instead of the Miley Cyrus being there, they get like Taylor Swift? Exactly. That's exactly what they do. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. So, what would you give this out of uh, ten? I mean, I'd probably get it. I'd probably give it about a five. Okay, Ashley. Five point six. Five point six. Man, I'm coming in kind of high here. I give it a seven. So our score is five point nine. That is the night before. Sean, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone.